0: Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to our series entitled Change Your Mind, where I'm challenging us all to consider those moments when we need to Think Differently to Lead Better. I'm your host, Jenny Katrin, and in last week's episode, I actually challenged you to think about what must not change. See, as leaders, our purpose, that foundation from which we lead, needs to be clear and must not change. And I left you with these two questions to consider. Do you have a sense of purpose that can transcend any job title, or role that you have? And secondly, do you believe that who you are becoming is more important than what you're doing? See, I believe that those two questions are so critical for us to get right before we can move on to our question for today, which is what must change. We have to first define what must not change. Our foundation, that core needs to be clear. So these two questions are important for you to wrestle with in order to lead from a clear sense of purpose. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I would love for you to go back and check it out. You might even pause right now and uh, go listen to that one and then come back to this one. Because getting clear perspective on your purpose is essential for you to lead well for the long haul. So today I want to pivot to the question, what must change? There's a familiar quote from Heraclitus, a Greek philosopher. By the way, I had to actually look that up to make sure I knew how to pronounce it. Heraclitus, a Greek philosopher, says change is the only constant in life. And I'm pretty sure you've probably heard that. And yet, I think we're wired for comfort. We're naturally in pursuit of a steady state. And this might vary by personality type, but at least for me, I'm constantly trying to get everything just right. Like I always have this idea that if I could just get everything done, if I, I have trouble going to bed, if the kitchen's a mess, um, I can't quite shut down my computer until I've responded to just one more email, right? Just one more because I'm just kind of longing for this sense of completion, this sense of everything is set. Everything is steady. And maybe that pursuit is really a longing for peace. Maybe it's just a desire for control. But what i do know is that change is inevitable so i can either resist it or i can embrace it see logically we know that change is a part of life and it's certainly a part of leadership but history is kind of a graveyard of leaders and organizations that were unwilling to navigate change at critical moments and in fact an entire body of work is delegated to organizational life cycles in the study of how to prevent an organization from going into decline and ultimately death. Think Blockbuster, Kodak, Xerox, Toys R Us, Borders, may they rest in peace, or even Tower Records, right? All of these companies that were big and influential and somehow eventually became irrelevant. Now, I've never met a leader who wanted his or her organization to slip down the backside of the organizational bell curve into decline, and yet statistics tell us that the majority of organizations don't succeed. The Small Business Administration states that 30% of new businesses fail during the first two years of being open, 50% during the first five years, and 66% during the first 10 years only 25% make it to 15 years or more. That's not a super encouraging stat, is it? And some experts in the field, people like Les McEwen, say that the number may be as high as 80% of new businesses fail within the first three years. And the variable in that stat is due to the fact that the organization or the business didn't even get as far as filing taxes and therefore is not reflected in that small business administration stat, that they, they kind of, they didn't succeed right off, the, right off the bat. And for those of you in the church world, every year more than 4,000 churches close their doors compared to just over 1,000 new church starts. The statistics aren't encouraging, are they? So what sets thriving organizations apart? Why do they succeed when the majority fail? Granted, failure is rarely overnight, and this is what makes it tricky. Notice that for new businesses, 70% are still going in year two, but that percentage flip-flops by the time the business is 15 years old. Clearly, we start strong, but with time, we drift toward decline. And for churches, the average church that makes it seven years has a lifespan of 80 years, so once you kind of hit a certain point, you can have more longevity. So this brings me back to change. What must change? Who must change? Why don't we change when it's a matter of succeeding or failing? The statistics tell us that we have to constantly be aware of what is shifting, growing, changing in order to keep our organizations healthy and thriving. I once heard Seth Godin explain our resistance to change in this way. He said, we resist change because it pushes us to a place of incompetence. Now think about that for a minute. How, like, this, When I first heard him say this, completely stopped me in my tracks. We resist change because it pushes us to a place of incompetence. No one enjoys feeling incompetent. I don't like feeling incompetent, right? I want to make sure I know how to do something, that I can master something. So if change requires us to confront the unfamiliar or the uncomfortable, then our nature is to resist it. And this is really the crux of the matter. When a leader is unwilling to face their own discomfort and incompetence, we won't lead the team or organization to confront discomfort or incompetence. And slowly, the organization will lose momentum and ultimately drift to decline and possibly disillusion. In most cases, this progression is slow and nearly indecipherable. So if the leader's not willing to confront their own discomfort and be alert for necessary change, they'll most likely lead the organization into decline. Yikes, right? So this is where we as leaders must change our mind. We have to be willing to be change agents. Max Depree is known for his belief that the first task of the leader is to define reality we just have to define reality and in this case the leader must be willing to confront what must change in ourselves and within the organization what must change where do we need to be shifting changing and growing and with clarity on what must not change like we discussed last week that purpose and mission which by the way is both true for the you and for the organization that Both individually and as an organization, we must be clear on what must not change. Purpose, mission, that core foundation must not change. But with clarity on that, a leader must be perpetually curious and hunting for what must change. In fact, the perspective shift that is essential for every leader at every level is to see themselves as a change agent. So this is your perspective shift. This is where you need to think different to lead better is that you must see yourself as a change agent. You must be continually committed to identifying what needs to change and persistent to lead through it at a pace that others can stand. Now, that last phrase is actually quite critical, and we don't have time to get into it today, but at a pace that others can stand, that may be something we come back to another day because we've first got to identify that what must change and then leading through change is another another piece of the puzzle. But let's talk about what must change. And first, you've got to determine smart change. Like what is good change? What must change? Because I've seen some leaders make some changes that just created havoc organizationally. And I bet you have too, right? When I'm working with clients on organizational direction and design, we often do a common strategic planning exercise that I just call keep, start, stop. Essentially, we evaluate the organization in these three categories making an exhaustive list of what we need to keep doing, what we need to start doing, and what we need to stop doing. And the keep list is usually quite long. Like, we like what we do, don't we? It's known, it's comfortable. We can typically always give an emotional plea for keeping all our pet projects. But the start list is usually the most energizing part of the discussion. These are the ideas that have been brewing, the opportunities on the horizon. This is what gets us excited. And this list is usually not difficult. There are plenty of things we want to start. But the challenge emerges when we get to the stop list. Because without fail, this is where the conversation stalls. We don't like restraint. We don't want to stop things. More is better, right? Wrong more is not better more is just more and adding more without strategically stopping just leads to exhaustion and overwhelm if we want to keep everything and start a bunch of new things we're setting ourselves up for failure or at a minimum mediocrity another element of change that we dislike is letting go i have a personal rule that i can't add anything to my closet without giving away an item. And it sounds reasonable, but that simple rule makes me think twice about buying that new pair of jeans or new pair of shoes. Do I really want to give something else up? What am I willing to part with? And we do the same thing organizationally. We can quickly identify what we want to add, but if that means having to give something else up, we'll think twice about it. And I think that's really good. We're okay with change when it means addition, but we dislike change when it means subtraction. When change means letting go, we're much more reluctant to embrace it, aren't we? So as leaders, we have to lead ourselves and others to embrace change and not just the change of addition, but the change of letting go, the change of subtraction. And this means we have to learn to evaluate change effectively in order to make decisions that lead to smart change. There's a common assumption that people don't like change. And I don't really believe that's the case. We make a lot of changes. We change our hair color, we change our houses, we change our decor. We like change that we can control. We like change that involves new things that we can see and conceptualize. But we don't like change that is unknown or uncomfortable. So consider an organizational restructure, for instance. Most employees cringe at the idea of org changes. And why? Probably because their past experience has been frustrating, maybe traumatizing or confusing. And so they're predisposed to resist organizational change. And my assumption when I hear resistance in an organization to org structure changes is that these decisions or changes were probably made pretty poorly in the past and therefore have created a negative perception in the culture. In organizations that have a healthy habit of smart organizational changes, employees are much less resistant to change because they trust that leaders make smart changes, not haphazard changes. This is why the responsibility lies with us as leaders to be smart with change. When we're leading through change, employees' emotional health and sense of safety are on the line. That is key. We've got to understand that as leaders. And when employees don't believe we have their best interest at heart, they're not going to trust the change and therefore be resistant to engage it. It's just the way it is. So it's timely and frankly, not by accident, that we're airing this episode on the last day of 2019. Not only are we ending a year, We're actually ending a decade. A new day, a new year, a new decade are on the horizon. Change is happening, isn't it? So, what must change this year for you, for your team, and for your organization? As a leader, the change must start with you. You must embrace it first to lead us through it. We need you to lead us through the change. You must get gut level honest with yourself about what must change in order for your organization to thrive in the coming year. Now you likely already have plans to review and plan for the coming year, at least I hope you do. But if you don't, that's the first thing that must change is you've got to take some time to reflect. You've got to take some time to get clear on this. You must think different to lead different. So before the new year begins to run away with you, here are three things I want you to do. First, I want you to schedule some time. It could be a couple hours, could be an entire day, could be a weekend retreat if you have the luxury of that. But get away and think through this question. What must change? And there's a few other questions that might help you look at this from different perspectives. Maybe what are you resisting? What are you afraid of? What are you avoiding? Any variation of these questions will help you get honest about where you need to lead through change this year. Secondly, I want you to do the keep, start, stop exercise. Super simple, just grab a sheet of paper or go to your whiteboard and make three columns labeled keep, start, stop. And then brainstorm each column. If you have starts but no stops, you need to dig a little deeper and be honest about what you're unwilling to let go of. And then third, Pull your team together and repeat that exercise. It'll be great perspective to have done it yourself to see what's on your list and then to do it with your team and see what they have to say. My word for 2020 is focus. Now, that feels a bit cliche and at the same time really appropriate for the year 2020, doesn't it? See, as leaders, we have to fight for focus. I'm facing this with foresight in that there are so many good things we can do. There's so many amazing leaders we can serve. And yet, I've got to make sure we are focused on the right things so that we can serve leaders effectively. So as leaders, we have to fight for focus because opportunities abound. Good things vie for our attention. And your job as a leader is to determine what must change. Where do you need to think different to lead better this year? change starts with you and so we need you to lead well well i want to hear about what you're changing this year so drop me an email at jenny at it's j-e-n-n-i at getforesight.com get the number four site.com and tell me how you're changing your mind in 2020 what must change i want to hear about it and i want to be able to encourage you and support you on that journey might even help influence some of our Uh, topics for the podcast this year. And guys, I am cheering for you big in 2020. I'm praying it's a year of tremendous focus and momentum for you and your organization. So process this question, what must change? And before you go, remember, you can get our new free resource, The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership Assessment by texting Foresight, the number four in the word SIGHT to 773-770-4377 and you'll get that workbook you'll get our weekly leadership insights where our goal is to keep equipping you to lead well on your journey as a thriving leader because my passion is to cultivate healthy leaders i want you guys to be healthy and i want your organizations to be thriving because ultimately we want to equip you with the foresight for success so keep leading well we'll see you next year Thank you for listening to the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.